What's up, peeps? I'm Mark Zalmanoff, and I'm here to help you make good choices. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Make Good Choices podcast. I am your host, Mark Fitness Ninja Zalmanoff. I got a super, super special guest in studio, sitting literally right in front of me. Truly one of my favorite people. Like, you really are one of my favorite people. For a myriad of reasons that we'll we'll dive into. <laughs> this is going to be good. This is going to be so good. Um, I've been super excited. See, there's a reason I wanted to do this live with you. And I think I think when we're done with this, it will be very evident as to why. Are you going to do burpees? Maybe. <laughs> they don't translate well on audio, but you know, you never know. Oh, you can hear me breathing from a mile away. So. <laughs> uh, this is the last remaining Goon Squad member that I have not had on my podcast. There's six of us, so he's the last one. Author, father, husband, business owner, beast of a human being, freakishly strong. Like, you're a big dude, but like, you're really strong for your size, even. You it's, say so. Yeah, you are. Um, it's called client retention right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you're still a little softer on the edges, so keep coming back. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can always improve. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Claudio. Welcome, welcome, welcome to my show. I'm super excited to have you on here. Let's, let's I love doing these in person. I'm so over Zoom. Like, I'm 150 episodes in. I've probably done 149 via Zoom. It's terrible. This is always better. I just can't like I'm not a person yet who people are going to fly to Charlotte to be on my podcast. Like uh, I'm not the real business know. owners getting, you know, 100,000 downloads an episode. That's one true. day, one day. You're on your way, man. Well, uh, you know, 50,000 in total. <laughs> <laughs> I just crossed 2,000. How about that? I mean, strong audience. Strong Pro- audience. Progress is progress. For sure. It's kind of cool, though, to see the progress of the podcast because it took me four months to get my first thousand total downloads. And now I'm doing fifteen hundred, you know, two thousand a week, which is crazy. Well, and, you know, the stats on podcasts are just insane, right? Like yeah. there's 48 million podcasts, but the average show has like two episodes. Like a seven. Yeah, it's nuts. You know, so anybody that even makes it to 10 or more is way ahead of the game. I, I got I think I sent it to you guys, too. Like I'm the top one and a half percent in the world, right? But if you look at the amount of users compared to the amount of options, people are going to like run out of episodes pretty quickly on all these ones that don't have a lot. And so the people who continually develop content, whether it's great or not, in your opinion, it's going to continue to grow because people are just going to find you eventually. Yeah, because they run out of that. That dude stopped and yeah. that one stopped. It happens all the time. I love it. First question. Oh, my God. There's questions. There's notes. Of course. Son of a bitch. I don't know why I thought any different, but let's go. <laughs> Who is Mike Claudio? Um, Mike Claudio is a driven, obsessive father, husband, giver. I think that's the best way to say it. You, you know, and I give so much. Like, and I'm not even like selfish and cocky about it. Like, I just I know for a fact that I'm really good at giving without expectation. I'm really good at like to a fault almost people pleaser right? Investor of, of human kind of like you, right? Like, I mean, you would help anybody who ever asked. Absolutely. And like, you would literally like kill yourself in the process to make sure that they did what they were supposed to do. And yeah, I just, I operate with a help first mentality. It's my number two core value. What's your number one core value? Communicate proactively. I think it's the biggest issue in life. (laughs) People suck at fucking communicating proactively. Um, but I mean, I, I, I struggle answering that question. You know, there's probably like, a better way to answer that. But like, I am a disciplined, obsessive person. Like that's who I am. And I put that into everything I do. Like there's not one thing I'd touch that doesn't have that level of focus. And I, I believe that's an accurate description because if you ask other people <laughs> about you, yeah. that's one of the first things that, that comes out of anybody's mouth is how disciplined and driven you are. And it's, it's sickening to me even like there's times I like I've texted you like I hate how disciplined I have to be to be happy in life. Like it's annoying, but I've, I've never, I've lived both sides of that coin. You know, you know, you've seen the pictures like I was 320 pounds, miserable, alcoholic, like not, not good. 
you know, so I have like, I am, I have an addictive personality. I have a, a habitual personality. Like things just become part of the routine, whether good, bad or indifferent, it just becomes part of the routine. That's just how I operate. And I don't love it. Like, I don't like that about me because I, I like, you know, I'm on 75 hard again. Like I get it, everybody. <laughs> but it's like, I'm either on or I'm way off. Like there's no middle ground for me. And mostly because I've realized what I'm capable of. And I think I was talking about some of this. Like, let's say you normally operate at a four. Like I was probably operating at a four. Like I wasn't bad. I was successful ish, you know, to most people's standards. I was at, but I was operating at a four. You know, the first time I did 75 hard, I found what a seven was. And then the second time I found what like an eight was. Mm. And then when you settle back at, down at a six, you're not happy. Cause you know, I'm, I, that's 50. I was at my worst right now. I'm operating 50% better than I used to be, but I still know. And that, that Delta, that, that differential right there, it, it destroys me. I, I literally earlier today, I posted something on, on Facebook and I talked about how, you know, most of us feel discontent in some way, shape or form. And I believe it's twofold. I believe number one, as a, as a Christian, like we don't belong here. Like we're, this is temporary and we know home is somewhere else. And, and so there's always a piece that's missing because of that. But the other side of the coin is that most of us, whether you admit it or not, know that we're capable of far more than we're achieving in life. And knowing that and knowing that we're not there, wherever there may be, knowing that there's more in the tank, knowing that we could be making a bigger impact, knowing that we could have better relationships and we're not doing it. That's where the real discontent comes from. I actually have a different twist on that. Let's hear it. I think it's people don't feel like they deserve that. So they actually like self-destruct them intentionally. You know, like I think people drink to avoid the like having something and then potentially losing it or not feeling they deserve it or not feeling they can sustain it. Like I'd rather just not have it than have it and lose it. And I think people physically like they push away commitment. They push away relationships. They push away the routine that's always worked for them. All of a sudden, you know, (laughs) let's mix that up a little bit, (laughs) you know, and we've all done, I've done it, but I, and I truly believe that people just, when they look at what they are capable of, I think they look immediately backwards at their track record and say, well, I don't deserve that. Cause I used to be this or I've done that or I've been this person or I fucked this person over. Or I cheated on this or I did drugs or I stole from somebody or worse. Right. And they go, well, this is, this is who I was. So there's no way I can deserve that life. So why would I even try? And I think that holds a lot of people back. And then like, we're blessed cause we're in rooms like, you know, this like apex and executives and others where it's like, we see people and when they, when you read their books or hear their stories, you're like, fuck, if he can do it. Yeah. Right. Like if he can do it or she can do it, like who the fuck am I to say I can't? And like you would never say it out loud. Like I, I think very few people would say, I don't deserve the success I say I want. But I think they say it and they immediately think of every track record on why they shouldn't have it or couldn't have it or couldn't get there. So why try? And I think there's a certain amount of truth to that. But you know, I'm still kind of delving into that concept and asking more questions of people I work with. Because I think there's, and as I've asked more questions though around that, the shit I've pulled out of some of my customers like some of my clients about like why they're struggling. Like I'm, I'm onto something right now. Cause like the stories I'm getting and the, the real fucking deep, dark, ugly truths I'm solving with these people because I've changed the way I've asked questions of them. I'm onto something. I don't know what it is yet, but I believe what this concept of people not feeling like they deserve the success they say they want, I think is very real. So do you think the fear of success is greater than the fear of failure? I don't, I think people don't, I don't, I'm not sure if it's fear. So people understand failure because everybody's failed. Not everybody can conceive success because not everybody has succeeded. And so I think you, they default to their comfort zone. So I'm not sure if it's a fear of failure and a fear of success. I think it's an understanding of failure and an ignorance of success. So like, I don't know what that looks like. So I'm going to stay here in failure where I'm comfortable. Cause even like I, I've, I talked about it, um, Today with a client, like I think most people, like for this happened to Tiff and I, when we got out of debt, we were uncomfortable. Like when we paid off our student loans, paid off the credit cards, paid off the cards, we're like, now we're scared. I was perfectly comfortable like paying five grand a month towards a credit card so it wasn't fucking maxed out. Wasn't scared then. Right. Let's fucking go. It's all gone and you see the zeros, like the zeros on the, on the, on the credit card balance, the zero car payment, all this stuff. And you're like, well, now I'm nervous. That's not what the fuck. Like, <laughs> and so I think like, okay, so I understand debt. 
I understand limited. I understand being in that position. I don't understand not having it. Because like our generation, like millennials, like debt is like, oh, I pay for it now if I can pay for it later. Absolutely. So not having debt and being intentional about not having debt is scarier. Because now you've accomplished something that, and you know what it's like to go back to failure. You don't know what it's like to live without debt. So you just assume you're going to go back. So I don't know how, I don't know how to describe that in a fear of perspective, but I think there's a lot of people that limit themselves in what they're capable of because of just lack of deservedness, lack of confidence, lack of understanding, lack of conceptualizing. Because when you look at failure, it's really easy to see the steps into the hole. Absolutely. Right? Everybody sees it, right? You can picture that one drink a week that turns into that one drink a day. When you look at success, you look at this holistic success thing and it's overwhelming as shit. You don't look at the next step. You don't like I, I say this probably 10 times a day to my clients. OK, how can we minimize and simplify this? How can we minimize <laughs> and simplify this? What is the next step you actually can take action on? Not, oh, my God, how are we going to hire 10 people? How are we going to create systems and processes for the whole business? No, how about. What should your receptionist do when they answer the phone? <laughs> Let's start there. And then what? And then what? And then what? And then what? And if I were to ask you that question, you could answer every one of them. But I say write out your systems and processes for the client journey and you fucking freeze. So I think it's just the conceptualizing of the steps to success. Because when you, when you look at the houses I want, the cars I want, and the life I want, and oh my God, I'm going to look so good in silk. Like <laughs> you can't. You can't, fig you can't figure out the steps to get there because you physically have never done it before. But like getting into debt, I know exactly what that feels like. Getting fat, I know exactly what that feels like. Yep. Getting drunk, I know what that feels like. Right. So I think you steer towards, well, I, I know these steps. I don't understand those steps, so I'm going to avoid them. And so maybe it's probably more fear of ignorance. Like fear, of, and I think really the issue is, is lack of self-belief and problem solving. But I think if like that's probably the number one confidence thing that's changed in me. Like I don't think you can put me in a scenario because I'm comfortable losing. I'm comfortable not knowing the answer. I'm comfortable being, hey, I don't know that. If you can say that, there isn't a fucking scenario you can put yourself in that you're not going to win because you're not you're not worried about it's not a loss. It's honest. You know, I was talking to one of my another one of my clients today about getting on more podcasts. He's really growing this, this brand. And I was like, yeah, I get more podcasts. But like, well, what if they ask me a question? I don't know. You say you don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was such a complex situation. <laughs> like, but he's so afraid of somebody asking him something he doesn't know. I'm right. like, people appreciate vulnerability and transparency of what you do and don't know easily. What they don't appreciate is watching you bullshit them. Because it's very, no one's as good at bullshitting as they think they are. No one. <laughs> it's so true. Absolutely no one. And like, and especially if you're a seasoned business person, the body language, the eye contact, the, the, the twitches, like you can pick it up instantly. Especially for guys like us who work with the public for a living. Right. You can pick it up on people immediately. Like, how was your weekend? Good. Okay, what the fuck happened? Like, right. come on, like, why, <laughs> why fucking lie to me? And so I think, again, we're like all over the fucking place right now. Sorry. That's great. But, um, you know, I think that that fear of the unknown, that fear of not knowing what to what to do when you get there, because we all kind of do this. You'll you'll project a project in your mind. You'll visualize a project. You'll visualize success to the point you would not know the answer anymore. And then you freak the fuck out. Right. Right. I know how to do this. This is. But what when this happens? I don't know. That's probably three and a half years from now. Can we get started today? <laughs> don't worry work, about can that. We work on something today because it's all going to change in the process. Right. And so I think that fear of self, I think it's a lack of, I don't think it's fear as much as I think it's lack of self-belief because people feel like, well, I wouldn't know. How do you know you wouldn't know? You can't Google it. You see some of the dumbass DMs we get. Oh my gosh. Just have you considered Google? Like <laughs> it's this awesome application. <laughs> like literally you can run an entire world from this device. Right. And people just, they rather ask the stupid question and feel like, well, you didn't give me the answer I needed. Motherfucker. That's, it's, that's why you're stuck. Yeah. Because you're so afraid of not knowing or being self-reliant that you're afraid to go in that journey. But like, I know, I know this route. I'm comfortable on that Sunday afternoon getting drunk. So I don't have to worry about it. You know, I'm comfortable yelling at my wife. I'm comfortable, you know, yelling at my employees. I'm comfortable not going to the gym. And so it just becomes 
the routine, the comfort zone. There's comfort in the discomfort because it's it's just it's what's known. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, we got way off topic. No, it's I don't even know what we were talking about. It's great. I have no idea. Hey, if you hey comment below <laughs> if you know what we were talking about, please let us know. Let us. Know. I, I think us the other DM. the other the other part of that when you start talking about okay, you know somebody's looking three and a half years down the road at the thing that they're trying to achieve. And they forget that there's lessons that have to be learned along the way. Like you didn't get to where you are right now magically. Mm -mm. Like you didn't transport from three years ago and get there. Mm -mm. And so often there's things that are not given to us yet because we haven't learned the fucking lesson yet. Yeah. Like you, you learn, you learn how to solve level five and level one through four. You know, I've, I've compared a lot to video games, right? And I think a lot of people have, you know, it was kind of our generation grew up in that world. And like, you can't beat Bowser on level one of fucking, you just can't. Right. And so I think people forget that, that like you evolve through the lessons of the levels of your life. You're not built to solve it all right now. Yeah. I'm not built for the company I'm going to have one day yet, but that doesn't stop me from going after it. I'm scared to shit right now. Like I'm set a massive target for next year. Like my target for next year is $2 million in revenue. And I have it mapped out exactly how many clients I need at what price point, what associate coaches I need to be doing, like what what that's looking like, how many events I need to do, how many speaking, I know everything. And now I have to go do it. <laughs> <laughs> and like for for reference, like I, I don't mind being transparent with this, like 2019 I did like 130 grand, 2020 I did like 3 something, 315ish. I'll do 8 to 900 this year in 2021. So I'm shooting for 2 million next year. So it's not like a small jump. Like this is another massive jump. But like if I look at what I have in place right now to compare what I had in place a year ago to triple my business from 2020 to 2021. Right. And what I have and the momentum I have right now and the audience I have right now and the relationships I'm building right now, there's absolutely no reason I couldn't double again next year. You know, two, two X plus. And I'm shooting for it. And I'm doing work right now in October 2021 to do the activity that yields the results for next year. And I think not enough people like believe in the patience of that. You know, like I started this company as this is what I'm doing forever. <laughs> like there's no rush. There's no predetermined timeline of success. Right. Cause like you see that you got to see it all the time. And like, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds by the end of the year. Okay. And then like they say that in January and then by like August, it's like, you know, 60 pounds would be cool. <laughs> and then by like November, it's like through 35. It's all it's going to be, I guess. And so because you create like, it, no, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds no matter how long it takes to get there. Like I'm going to make millions of dollars. And I'm like, but it's not even about the money. I literally live my life in single conversations. I'm going to make an impact with every conversation I have. It's been my motto. It's been my mission statement for years. I'm only worried about the next conversation. And if I do a good job here, great. That's it. Yeah. I can't be worried about how am I going to make 2 million next year and like be all distracted on this podcast. I had, I did 10 coaching calls today. <laughs> By the way, it's uh 5 20 in the afternoon yeah. and you were in my gym this morning till at least six 30 or so. My first call was at eight. And I went until four and I had back-to-back like -back calls. I didn't stand up. And, but that doesn't change the fact that I need to be ready, prepared, focused, and attentive to this conversation. And I don't think enough people look at it like that. I, I, cause I can't carry Do I have some heavy conversations with clients? Yeah, I can only imagine. Right. Heavy. And then I have to transition to the next one. Like nothing happened. <laughs> so I, I have to be compartmentalized in my conversations. And that's just the way I go about doing it. It's just, I have to look at it as one single step at a time. I'm going to be the best I can. I'm going to operate by my core values. I'm going to win the decision. Win fast one often came from winning the next decision to get away from 320 pounds. Like that's where the whole thing started. And now it's just, I'm going to make an impact with every conversation I have. And I believe if I do that, everything I need in life will come to me. And, and I love that because to me, it resonates with my tagline, which is make good choices. Mm -hmm. And if your next choice can just be a good choice and a better one than before, and you do that repeatedly day after day after day, everything gets, literally everything gets better. Like I was having a conversation with a group of, of clients yesterday. If you took your core values and you judged yourself on success, one to 10, and let's say so you, I have five and I, I measure everyone on one to 10. How effectively are you representing that core value? 
you're going to be a lot of fours to sixes for most of us. We're very self-judgmental, right? So the minute I say like, how well are you representing communicate proactively? I'd probably say about a seven right now. I can think of the exact five reasons I'm not a 10. Well, write those reasons down that you're not a 10 in each of those categories. Pick one thing from each of those categories to make an actual adjustment on this quarter. Do that for five quarters. Your entire life will change. At the end of every quarter, analyze how well you're representing your core values on a scale of one to 10. Immediately, you'll think of every reason you're not a 10. Write those things down. Pick one in every category to solve this quarter. Five things or whatever. How many? Like if you have 25 core values, you're fucking stupid anyway. <laughs> I have five. I'm sorry if you have 25 core values and you love them, but there's no way your employees can memorize them and actually do something with them. So take the five, measure yourself to success, one to 10. Take the delta. Why is it not a 10? Make the list, pick one from every one, and be intentional about making changes on those for the next 90 days. Redo it in 90 days and do that for five quarters. You're in, everything in your life will change. Because that time's coming anyway. That's the part people don't, I don't think people take for, like, the compound effect of small adjustments on a daily basis over time makes everything happen, right? And, but here's the part that I don't think people give credit. Like, the next five quarters are going to happen whether you're intentional with that time or not. Like, we've all been there. Well, maybe next year. Yeah. Right? And so if you could be intentional on small little details, one quarter at a time, little chunks at a time, over five quarters, you can change everything in your life. For the people that are not business owners, mm -hmm. maybe not even working, okay. Explain the importance of core values and what that really means for, and I don't, I don't want to categorize people for the, for the average human that's, you know, literally just listening to this and going, you know, I just, I just need to be a little bit better. Well, let's life. be honest. Like, first off, Mark, um, you don't have any average listeners. Okay. So whoever is <laughs> listening right now and you feel like Mark was talking to you, I think you're awesome. And you should come listen to the big stud podcast because I think you're a great audience member. <laughs> nice. Plug. All right. Nice you plug. like that? Well done. Well done. All right, so for all you average fucks, um, <laughs> all right, so so the importance of a core value list or even just a, a mission statement as a person, here's the best way I've been able to describe it. Um, so I, I've always combined it with mission, vision, and core values, okay? So I have a mission that I'm on, I have a vision that I'm working towards, and I have core values, right? So I've always looked at it as like, I'm going to accomplish this mission by basing my life on these values so I can create this vision. I'm on this mission based on these values for this vision. So like everybody has that. Like it, anybody who's not on a mission feels lost and empty and, right, and anxious right. and like just, I've talked to a lot of people who have a lot of money saying, I'm just, I've accomplished one I ever thought I would and I don't know how to do it myself. If that's you, recreate a new mission. And if it's because of so much success, create a mission around making other people successful. But the, the core values are basically the guidance system that you judge your decision making towards. So if you look at it from a, we'll look at it from a family perspective. You know, most parents out there trying to raise children that can operate independently and make good choices. What are they judging their choices against? Because there's a lot of times there is not an obvious wrong choice if there is no guidance system. If there is no saying, well, this doesn't line up with who you want to be or what you want to be or what you want to be known for. And so core values is a, is a baseline filter at which decision-making should be judged against. So in a company, like I, I think Thomas has said this, I think I've said it before. I'm not sure where I heard this for the first time. I didn't come up with this, but it's, you know, if your employees or your children or your family are not sick and tired of hearing you talk about it, you're not talking about it enough. Yep. Right. But there, there's a reason behind that is because you want to ingrain that with whether they're happy with it or not, when they go to make a decision, A, B, or C, that they're judging those options against the core values that you want to be known for on this mission that you're on. So as a family, like we have a list of core values. I haven't started talking about it obsessively yet because my kids are five and three, but Tiff and I talk about it. And like the, the you know, my core values as a business are communicate proactively, operate the help first mentality, appreciate everyone's time, continually evolve and have a championship mindset. But that's not where you stop. I think a lot of people stop there. These are really cool for the wall. Every one of my core values has four bullet points that relate to activities and behaviors that I say represent that core value. Because if you don't go that granularly, it's left to interpretation. Right. And people suck at interpretation. 
so for, like I, I, don't, I don't have every bullet point memorized but there's four to five bullet points for every core value that says this is what i'm managing towards these are the behaviors and activities i expect to see that represent this core value and you can have different lists for different parts of your life right like your five-year-old list is going to be different than your receptionist list it's gonna be different than your project manager's list like because right. every position has different requirements that match that core value and some will be company-wide obviously but or life-wide um, but as a person, as a, as an average person, do you spend time with that friend or not? Do you go on that trip or not? Do you have that drink or not? Do you eat that burger or not? Like, how are you judging? Because if you look at it in, in the, the zoomed in bubble of that moment, there's not a, there's not a bad decision. It's just in the moment, like that one burger is not going to kill me that one. But like, how does that align with the mission? that is being cultivated to create the vision that you want. Right. And so the core values for me as a person guide me in my decision-making of what do I want to be known for and who do I want to be known as? And I think you have to obsess about it because we're so quick to judge people on that 20 second highlight reel or that I saw you at the grocery store yelling at your kids. You have no fucking idea what I dealt with that kid that day. Like he earned that shit, <laughs> but like people, they'll judge you over that. Absolutely. Right. And so if you're not maintaining consistency in your behaviors, you won't be trusted. There's a lot of people we both know, I'm not calling anybody that we know specifically out, but it's like, they're a different person depending on what room they're in. Yeah. You know exactly what the fuck you get with Mike Claudio. <laughs> Like there There's is not no doubt about no that. doubt about it, whether it's on the podcast, the YouTube channel in person, online, whatever room I'm in, I'm walking in. This is me. It takes serious discipline and intentionality to live that way. So what's the guide? Because if you base it on how you feel that day, emotion will fuck with you. If you base it on objective goals and values, you're more able to stay consistent in how you're behaving, how you're making decisions, who you're trying to be, what you're trying to represent because that's where real people start to recognize you. Like real opportunity comes out of the out of the woodwork when people believe that they are getting the real you. When they're like, well, "Which version are we going to get today?" It's a lot harder to build relationships. And I, and I think that's how the Goon Squad came to be. Mm -hmm. Like we are who we are, whether we're you know sharing shit memes on in Facebook or in person or whatever. Like we're we're the same people, and there's an attractiveness to that. And especially with the journey that so many of us are on right now, of this, you know, leveling up, whatever you want to call it, every, everything in life is growing at exponential rates. And, and mm. what we talked about before, you know, we've never been there before. So now what the hell do I do? What, um, for you, you know, the, the income to me is always just, a, it's a reflection of the impact you're making in the world. And that doesn't apply to everybody, but, you know, I think in our realm, it really does. What's been the hardest part for you over the last few years of, of leveling up? Losing every comfort zone I ever <laughs> thought I had <laughs> from routines to relationships, to locations, to, you know, family relations, everything changed. I lost everything that I thought was what I was supposed to have and who I was supposed to be and had to rebuild it all from scratch. All of it. That's by like 2019 was the hardest year by far you know because I had to really start to make conscious decisions on like does this activity do these people does this routine serve me and when you when you can honestly say no you got to get real intentional <laughs> about how you make decisions with that because mm -hmm. again back to the comfort zones you know like I was the life of the party I was the guy that was paying for everything I was the guy that was like you know I just wanted people to like me I was just that guy I'm cool. I mean, I'm, I think a lot of people go through that stage where you're just like, you know, I'm the guy picking up the tab. I'm the guy throwing the parties. I'm the guy paying for everything. I'm the guy organizing everything. But the minute you don't, and then like no one invites you anywhere. Right. And, or you say no once or twice and then like you stop getting invited and people start talking shit because they don't understand. And you know, your family doesn't tend to see things from the same perspective. And it's not that anybody doesn't like you. They just don't understand you anymore. Because you changed. I changed in 2019 at a, at the core. I changed what I believed in. I changed how I believed in it. And it really, obviously, you know, massive change at the end of 2019. But that year was a massive adjustment for me. And that so everything I thought that my life was going to be changed. 
to the point where like Tiff and I even sold our house and moved into a townhouse to like get out of debt because that was important to us. And nobody understood that decision. Nobody. And here we are two years later with the cars we want and vacations and four wheelers and all kinds of shit. What was the, did you have a moment, a tipping point where you're like, something has to fucking give or, or was it a gradual kind of discomfort where you're like, okay, I just don't like anything happening right now. Um, I think there was like years of, I'm not happy with this, <laughs> but like, not sure why, you know, cause I had the corporate job, you know, I was 25, 26, 27, making 150 grand a year. Like I thought that I'd made it. Yeah. And I woke up at 27. It was like, now what? <laughs> I hate my job. I hate where I'm headed. I hate the next promotion I was waiting for. And I was like, I'm worth more than this. I'm gonna go fake. I'm gonna go find it. So I think it was a progressionary over, over time where I really like dug into, chasing being okay chasing more and not knowing what that answer was i I couldn't picture this what i have right now i couldn't none of it was pictured something like like the cars maybe but like that's because like all i could think about back then was materialistic success because when you don't have money materialistic success is the only thing you can think of once you have some money it's like okay now i need to find a fucking purpose damn it like (laughs) (laughs) and so i think you know you know, leading up, and I, we'll talk about it, but leading up to the end of 2019, I still wasn't sure what I would like. So at the beginning of 2019 is when I left my job at the roofing company, took win rate full time, had some early success. Like I mean, I did over, over six figures my first year with this brand new coaching company. Right. And I still wasn't sure, like I was still kind of living without core values. I mean, we'll go back to that. Like I didn't have core values yet documented. I had them, but I wasn't living by them because I didn't know them. Right. But my body was screaming at me, bro, you're being a dick. Stop. <laughs> and, and so like I, I kind of progressed through that. You know, I lost some of that routine, some of that consistency, some of those environments and just like progressed into like, I want more, but it really started in 2017. So in 2017, I remember looking at Tiff and saying, I don't love where we are. And I don't know exactly where I want to be, but I know I need to get around different people. I don't want to say better because like the people I was around weren't bad people. Right. I need to get around different people because I'm just, I'm pulled, I'm being pulled and called to do more. And so I was like this group, that group, this event, that event, I was just testing the waters. And that was a journey to Cause I found like, you know, RTA and apex in 2019. But those two years was like a lot of really weird groups of people because I was just trying anything. Right. You know, I found this one group in Charlotte then like it basically just turned into like an adult frat house and like adults with money living like frat boys is disgusting. Yeah, it was ugly. It's not a a good. It was everything you thought it would be (laughs) like, like just drugs, women drinking bad decisions and like, great, these are successful people. So I found successful people, but I don't like the way these successful people live and I'm nothing against them. It wasn't for me. And so I moved on to the next group and moved on to the next group. So this was a progression over like probably two or three years. Where I was getting intentional about getting around better people. And then one of my clients, which is ironic because one of my clients who I met through this, who also did not like this group because he was trying to find something. He's the one that introduced me to Arte, which introduced me to Apex. Right. And so like, because I was on that journey, I was looking for the breadcrumbs of like, okay, I like that. I like this. Right. I, I want more of that. I don't like that. Whoa, that was gross. <laughs> right. And so progression through that. And then I was still holding on to that old thing, the old dream, the old me, the old routines, the old habits. And then it really just kind of all broke and the bottom fell at the end of 2019. And like, that was, that was the the pivotal point where I looked to my closest group of, of people and begged for help and didn't get it. Mm. And that was the, I'm going to have to do this on my own, which means I'm only going to do it my way going forward. And so that's really when, right, business tripled in 2020, right. business practically triples again in 2021. I went all in on me initially to survive because it was rough and I needed to for my family, my wife and my children. But like I didn't have a choice that I, I wasn't, I poured into people my whole life. People pleaser got walked all over, got taken advantage of by a lot of people. 
And I always felt like that was my calling. Like I'm the guy who's just going to be there for everybody. And when I went to look for people, no one stood up. And I was like, fuck it. We're, we're, we're doing Mike, Mike, you're Mike. Let's go. Let's let, we're going to make this happen. And I, I literally started winning one decision at a time, my way. And it was only going to happen my way going forward. And very few people will understand when you get selfish for the right reasons. Yeah. Because they're used to you being there. They're used to you picking up the tab. They're used to you organizing. They're used to you going above and beyond. They're used to you sacrificing for them. And sacrificing for you does not mean shitting on them. There's a difference between selfishness and taking advantage of people. There's a difference. Yep, absolutely. And I learned that by becoming selfish for survival purposes. Right. And I think that level, when you get intentional about, I'm going to win this decision for me and me alone for what I want right now, fuck it. And not fuck you, fuck it. Cause I'm tired of living for everybody else. I'm going to start living for me because that shit didn't work. And dude, that was, that was December 2019. And what's great is that essentially you still do the same thing. You're still there for people, but because you have the right people around you that value you, they value your time, they value your expertise and what you bring to the table that now it's reciprocated. Mostly. Mostly. Yeah. <laughs> some, I mean, some people literally just pay you for it, which is awesome. Yeah. But the difference is now, um, I don't need your validation to believe I'm on the right path anymore. Yeah. Like I've been at this for two years, intentionally making decisions based on what I believe is right. And sometimes I'm wrong and I'm okay with that. And sometimes I'm going to hurt people and piss people off, but I'm going to do the best I can to make the best decision possible in the moment with the information I have. I'm not always right. I make a lot of mistakes, but I don't look at it as I hurt you. I'm sorry you're hurt, but understand I was doing the best I can making the best decision I can because anytime I've ever said, well, I made that decision because what this person wanted or what this person said, I've always regretted it. Right. It's never, I've never once failed or made a mistake on my own terms that I didn't look back on and say like, well, I really truly believe I did my best. I'm really sorry that that happened. I'm really sorry that you're hurt, but I'm not like guilted and shamed by it because I know for a fact I did the best I could because I made decisions for me and me alone based on my values, my mission and my vision. And I think if more people did that, more people would actually get along. Yeah, we're. It's weird because I feel like we're, we're told, you know, growing up, share with your friends and be nice and, you know, all these things that are seen as unselfish behaviors, but nobody ever says, Hey, maybe you should just take care of yourself. Like that. I don't know where that message got lost in the fray of, of, you know, all the things we're supposed to be doing as functioning humans. And then it swings completely the other way sometimes of like this self-love and self-care that become self-destructive at the same time. This is going to, this is going to trigger some people. I think self-love and self-care is only talked about when it's very obvious. You're not operating that way <laughs> so true. because you've never looked at somebody who's happy, smiling, great skin tone in shape, drinking water and said, wow, you really love yourself. No, you only talk about loving yourself when you look fat and ugly and out of shape and sweating. Like, and I hate to say it, but self-love and self-care is only talked about publicly for people who obviously don't love themselves. It's almost like this, this call to action. No, like you know you're uncomfortable in those clothes. You know your body hurts. You know you're taking too many pills. You know you're going to the doctor too much. You know that your arthritis and diabetes has nothing to fucking do with your genetics. Like... I want you to love yourself. I want you to take care of yourself because if you saw somebody you cared about living that way, you would want to jump in and help them. Right. And so self love is never the focus of conversation with people who actually love themselves. It's just like, I don't know. This is probably going to trigger some people too. <laughs> <laughs> but like growing up as kids, right? Kids are jerks. 
athletes are jerks, but like you never call the fat person fat. You call the not fat person fat, right? You never call the gay person gay. Okay. The non-gay person gay. Like you're fucking with them, right? Yeah. The whole athlete thing, right? Like you never call it what it is. You call the other people what it, they're not. Cause it's supposed to be funny and uh, we're making fun of you. But like you never call somebody who clearly loves themselves. Well, you love yourself. Don't you? Self-love is important to you, isn't it? You just don't because it's obvious. Right. It's very obvious to people who care about themselves and put themselves first. But I will tell you, putting myself first has allowed me to help so many more people than I ever did when I was pouring out for everybody else at a much larger scale. And I, I, I get it. I'm a dick sometimes. And I'm good with it. <laughs> but I think if more people just actually focused on making the decisions they know they were supposed to make for themselves and started talking to themselves the way that they would talk to other people. Like if you wouldn't say it to your kids or your parents, you shouldn't say it to yourself. Yeah. But people all the time. Oh, I'm such an idiot. Who the fuck told you that? Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm so fluffy. Shut up. <laughs> you would never tell your kid that you're a little fluffy today. Aren't you? Yeah, a little, poke, little, poke him in the stomach. A little chunker. A little Pillsbury boy. You know, but you, you, you don't. You don't talk to people you love that way. And I think if more people just made that little switch, if you wouldn't say to somebody else, don't say it to yourself. You'd start to like promote yourself and be a cheerleader of yourself. And like, I don't need you to love you. I need you to not hate you. Mm. I don't need you to love you. I need you to not hate you. Because then you can realize what you're capable of. Let's start there. Don't hate yourself. The uh... Sorry for completely like triggering your entire you know, average audience. That's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> you can go listen to the big stud podcast. Don't leave me a bad review. <laughs> uh, you know, in, in the age of social media, it's, I think it's difficult for some people to tune it out. You know, now we got kids growing up the whole generation, just literally growing up on Facebook, on mm -hmm. Instagram, on TikTok. How do you see, you know, you got little kids, my kids are older, so they haven't, they didn't get quite into it the way that I think kids growing up now will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. MJ's already asking for a vlog camera so we can start a YouTube channel. Well, you'll find a way to monetize it. So it'd be totally Oh, fun. absolutely. Stick a GoPro in that kid and let him have at it. How do you see your, I guess, responsibility in helping filter out some of that stuff in the hopes of possibly mitigating the damage that all of us suffer at some point mm -hmm. growing up? So my approach right now is to teach my sons how to love life independently, right? Because I think a lot of people don't go do fun things. They don't go invest in themselves. They don't go enjoy life. They need other people to entertain them, right? Like if you have more fun watching other people live their life than living your own life, that's the problem. I think that's the issue we're seeing right now is they see this fantasy world on YouTube of these other kids playing with toys or adults watching other adults on vacations. It's weird. But it happens because that's a life people don't feel like they deserve to have, back to what we said earlier. And so I'm trying to teach my kids, like, let's go camping. Let's ride four-wheelers. Let's play with RC cars. Let's find things that we can do on our own to enjoy the journey so we don't need to depend on other people to do that. I didn't grow up that way. Like we didn't do a lot. We didn't travel a lot. Like I, I lived a very good life. I never needed anything, but we didn't have an extravagant life. Right. So sports was all I grew up with. And in sports, you're always reliant on a team member for success. I kind of want to teach my kids to be successful on their own. And so I don't know what that looks like. I generally am failing forward with this, but you know, limiting the YouTube exposure um, as best as possible, but really just let's go do something. Let's go have an experience together, right? Like if you need YouTube to have fun in life or you get enjoyment out of watching other people live their lives, there's a problem there. So I'm teaching my kids like, let's go enjoy life together. Let's go experience things. Let's go get out of our comfort zones. And like we'll use MJ as an example. He's five. I bought him a four wheeler. It's a little 70 that I have, you know, the throttle turned all the way down on. And we were going, we went on the trails and he hadn't learned how to use his handbrake yet. And he crashed right into the back of Tiffany <laughs> and like in her, and Tiffany was in the, the razor side by side. And like, he's scared to death now. I'm like, MJ, we're a mile away from the parking lot. You don't have a choice. You have to drive this back. 
there's no option. And he overcame it. And now he loves driving his four-wheeler. He'll drive it anywhere. And now he knows he can overcome fear. And now he knows he can go try something, fail, but still enjoy it, not give up on it. And so I don't know exactly how to, how to hide it from the online presence of people. Because he like he he watches people on YouTube and he wants to start his own YouTube channel right. and like he I think I posted the other day for all those business owners that suck at video here's my son doing a oh, vlog yeah. watching around walking around the house I saw that he's like what's up everybody here's the living room like, shows everybody around <laughs> this is our bathroom here's and it's my like, brother and he's okay being on camera he's okay talking to people he's okay showing his life he's okay just looking the way he looks I will do everything in my power to make sure that continues everything. Because I want him to be comfortable with who he is, what he has, where he is, like all this shit. And I think letting him put it out there and then teaching him how to handle the the, the trolls as they come. Right. Because there's going to be a lot. Like he's seeing it now with me. He sees the comments on my YouTube channel. He sees the people not. He sees the shit. And it's like, look, this is the reality. The reality is not everybody's going to be happy for your success. But that doesn't mean you can't be happy with your success. Right. You know, I think Ryan posted about it today, like share your victories. Why not? I don't think enough people do. Yeah, it's, it's weird that we have this, this aversion to doing it because somebody's going to like everybody, we get judged no matter what. So dude, share your shit. If you're on the internet, there's somebody out there judging you and somebody out there hoping you fail and somebody that hates you. Congratulations. <laughs> you've done something with your life, <laughs> but I don't want him to feel uncomfortable winning the way he wants to win. Right. Because I think a lot of adults are that way. They're afraid to win the way they want to win because it's not enough for that person. It's too much for this person or this person's not going to appreciate or understand. And it's like, well, let me change what my victory looks like to me. Nope. It doesn't make any like, like and here's the thing, you say it out loud and it doesn't make any like at least in my head, it doesn't make any sense. But people that's what people do. But we've done it. Like what your gym looks like, how it's laid out, what clients you have, you know, where you're traveling, you know, oh, did you go to Cabo with Apex? No. Oh, I thought you would have went. Why the fuck would you think that? <laughs> and somehow like like you're like somehow I, yeah, judging me. I got right the now same thing. Because yeah. I didn't go. Yeah. Like I have no. And but like <laughs> Why the fuck do people even think that you're allowed to have an opinion about whether or not I went to Cabo or not? I'm going with my friends in January. That's right. I don't need to go now. <laughs> and I'm going to spend less on everybody than we would on one ticket for this trip. And I'm not judging the trip. It's worth it. Right. Totally. But like I'm going for a different reason. Yeah. And so that is an example of, oh, I thought you would have went. Okay. I was too busy camping around fours and my kids. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> and I, I don't know if it's just because I'm so focused on just doing what I think is best for me and my family. Like there's still imposter syndrome. Like I'm a very successful business coach that lives in a townhouse right now. I judge myself for that sometimes. Like this isn't what a business coach is supposed to look like. Right. Right. But I can sit at that desk on that computer with anything behind me in that room and change fucking people's lives. Yeah. Does it matter? No. Is my family happy and taken care of? Yes. Do we have more than most? Absolutely. But Tiff and I rather spend money on stuff and trips and experiences than a bigger house. Like, Dude, my kids are five and three. You were there at one point. They're never more than 10 fucking feet away from me anyway. Ever. <laughs> fucking ever. Such a great point. Ever. So I don't need a bigger house right now. Yeah. I'll wait till they hate me and then I'll buy a bigger house. Right. Then right they now, can go but, up in their room and hide somewhere. Dude, I can't even get them to go sleep in their own fucking beds. Why do I need a bigger <laughs> house? Like... But but there's, but there's still that, like, what are people going to think about mm -hmm. this? Yeah, right? Laura, Laura and I are going through that same kind of thing right now. Like, okay, what what are we doing? Like, we rent a house, right? We're almost out of debt. We're going to be in that same situation. Of, Which is, oh, like, the greatest thing ever. Like, okay, well, now what do we do with all this, right? And why the fuck do we have such a big house right now? We have four animals and one kid that comes over, like, every other week, right? So I'm like, can we just get an apartment or something and go on bigger trips than we already go. We're the same way. Like we love spending our money on vacations mm -hmm. and experiences. And because I didn't grow up that way either. You know, I had a, again, great upbringing, always provided for, never needed anything. 
but my dad didn't take me on, on trips or vacations mm-hmm. or experiences like that. And I love doing that. I've been very intentional with doing that with my kids. And now that I found somebody that I can go do that in life with, with mm-hmm. Laura, it's very important to us. So I will prioritize that over things almost every day of the week. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm in no rush, bro. We can talk all night. I know we could. Um, one of my favorite questions to ask. It's usually the last question I ask. We'll see. I'm not sure we can talk about it for an hour. So we we live on social media quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I call it my second residence many days. You post an insane amount of content. Mm-hmm. If you knew the very next thing that you posted would go viral, like put you on the map, quote unquote, you know, that Sean Whalen wake up and holy shit, Oprah shared my shit. Mm-hmm. What would you want that post to say? Hmm. That's a great question. Thank you. Oh my God. Um, you are capable than more you th- than you think you are. That's what I want to say. Like even with like the, the the handwritten cards we write out and for a champion shoes for the nonprofit, it says we believe you are capable. Go be a champion. Like that's what the handwritten cards that goes in every box of shoes. Because I think there's so many people out there that have never had anybody tell them they're actually capable of something. Mm-hmm. Like more than not, I think there's more people out there that have been held back, pulled back, minimized, deflated than anybody who's actually like than the people on people have actually been supported and pulled and and loved and and cared for. And so, yeah, we believe you are capable. Go be a champion. I think it's super important that more people are told that, like, no, you you can do that. Yeah, it's going to suck. It's not going to be easy. Right. But you can do it. And, like, sometimes that's all it takes. Like, as a, as a coach, sometimes all it takes is telling somebody, like, no, I believe you can do it. Go try. And they come back. I did it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Great job. I can't tell you how many people I've had over the years that have, whether it's jumping on the box, lifting the weight, doing a tough mutter, you know, there's so much I could never is out there. There's so much I could never is out there. And it's crazy because for a lot of people, it's their very first reaction. Oh, I can't do that. Like immediate, it's immediate reaction. Yeah. It's like a defense mechanism. Yeah. It, it gives them permission to not try, which means it gives them permission to not have to fail. And, you know, one of the things in, in the fitness realm I've always said is like, I won't ask anybody to do anything that I'm not capable of doing. And I don't, I've never trained professional athletes, so I can really hold true to that. Like if I'm asking you to do something, I will do that thing Mm -hmm. or I can do that thing, or I'm very competent at that thing. And, you know, for the people that see me on a daily basis, like I know what they can do. I see them. Mm -hmm. They don't, they don't understand what's going on in my head when I'm scanning a room of, you know, 10 people working out, but I know what everyone's doing. I know Mm -hmm. the weight they can move. I know if they're doing too much, too little. And after a while, I know what's going on in their head when they're lifting too, especially with the heavy stuff. You know, I got this one girl in the gym. I love her to death. I can just look over and go, stop. And she's like, I know. No, she's all in her head. Like, oh my gosh, it's so heavy and in my hands. And you know. But I can I can see it. I can see you know, talk about body language earlier. Yeah. Like I can see it in her. And I'm like, stop it right now. Get out of your head. Mm-hmm. Years ago, Laura, Laura hated this. I used to uh I'd, I'd make her go back out of the room and come back in. Like people get in their head, I'm like, uh, go over there, walk back up now. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's fun. I used to have to sneak up on the weight. <laughs> Remember the, the, there's a video of me uh split jerking three seventy five out of a rack. Good God. And the like the camera is like at the back of the lane looking at the the rack. Yep. And all you see me just yell from like around the corner and come running at the weight because I didn't want to see it. So I like I tried to sneak up on it. And so I, I sprinted around, sprinted up to the rack, grabbed it and just did it. And like because I tried probably tried for like six months to get that. And like so I literally just like I'm going to sneak up on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like I'm out. I'm outside. And I'm sprinting in. So there was no time to think about it. I'm just great. Grab it and go. That's a shit ton of weight overhead, by the way. Yeah, uh, Shoulder issues for sure. 
What's a, do you have any anything that like like questions directly for me? Anything you want to like? You kind of covered most of anything that I could possibly <laughs> want to know about you. You know, again, I you know I I know we could we could talk for a long long time on here. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely want to be mindful of your time, and also know people have an attention span of. Yeah, they're gonna stop listening here in a minute. You know, um, no, dude. You know, it, it, again, I'm. I feel blessed to have you in my circle and you know, you're in my circle circle. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you know, Jesus had 12 and then he had three and like, you're in my three, you know, there's six of us, whatever. Yeah. But like, no, abbreviated version. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm very, very grateful because you guys were the missing component in my life for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I've talked about it many times. Like I didn't have bad people in my life. I had no people in my life. Mm -hmm. So to have people like you, in my life, in this stage where all of us are escalating, all of us have the same, give or take a little bit, the same problems, the same issues we're dealing with. And, and it's just, it feels good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I value you. I value your friendship. I value the fact that I know you and the rest of the goons are willing to call all of us out on our shit any day of the week. And we all know it's coming from a place of love and, and, you know, just watching all of us over the last really 18 months, two years now, it's crazy. And, and, and to me, like it's, it gets me super excited about what's ahead because none of us know. And it's just been like, it wasn't forced or, or planned or intentional. It just happened. Which is the best way. And, and, and it's cool to, and like, you know, part of me says like at some point it's going to like, it's going to like kind of go through its stage. It's going to kind of, we're going to grow apart again just because it, because it wasn't, it's not intentional. It just happens. So I think it will, It'll unintentionally it'll ebb and flow. Yeah, for sure. And we're all going to go through our different seasons and we're, we're, you know, we're all in different parts of life. I mean, you you have older kids, I have younger kids. Like, so that's going to create a dynamic adjustment at some point. And, but it's just like that. Knowing that there's somebody there that cares enough to tell you the shit. Like very few people have that. Yeah. And I, I cherish it for sure. You know, I try to be intentional. I, I have not had time this year. Not like that it's one of my biggest priorities for next year is to solve that like that i have not been able to be there for my people like you as much as i would want to because i'm just i'm you see it yeah i mean I, I, i'm doing a lot <laughs> a lot and you know so i'm starting to like get things off the plate hire associate coaches drop one of my businesses like i'm getting intentional about like getting my time back without sacrificing the growth and the financial success of my family and it's hard you know, it's hard knowing that like you're burnt the fuck out every day. Yeah. But it's, I'm also not afraid of doing the work, which is why everybody looks at me like I'm so disciplined. Like it's not fun. This life's not for everybody. Yeah. But but if, most people aren't cut out for it. But if I can help everybody do one extra little thing because they're watching me. Perfect. Yep. Amen, brother. Appreciate you, bro. I love you, man. Love you, bro. Uh, go follow this guy. I'll put a lot of stuff in the show notes. You're awesome. And, uh, We'll, we'll we'll do this again. I mean, we're gonna we got a goon squad thing coming up soon, so uh, y'all need to be there for that. We'll do another goon squad podcast soon. When is this releasing? Uh, next week. Okay. So. Yeah, definitely come to the the goon squad event the twenty second. Yep. All right. October twenty second. October twenty second. Um. But I'm I'm excited about the progress that we all are like experiencing right now that's pretty like we're we're all winning in our own ways right now and like we're all losing a lot too like (laughs) don't get me wrong everybody the goon squad's not only winning yeah yeah, we've all like i think we all had a shitty third quarter but we're really good about like still progressing somewhere Yep. yep and so if you don't have that in your life um do not apply to the goon squad you would not like being a part of it but find your own squad find your own little you know, group within the group that'll, uh, that holds you accountable. But like, here's where it starts. We'll end on this. I'll take, I'll take power of that. Let's do it. Go be vulnerable, open and transparent with somebody. Open that door. That's where it happens. It doesn't happen by you being who you think that person wants you to be. Go open it up. Go dump your skeletons. Go be open, vulnerable, transparent and give that'll give them permission to do the same and that level of openness creates relationships that you cannot fabricate any other way not possible amen to that went fast one often make good choices kids
Thanks so much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. If you would like to get a copy of my book, Make Good Choices, head on over to the Amazons, type in Make Good Choices or my name. It should come up in either place. If you would like to connect with me for health and fitness coaching, shoot me an email at info at markzfitness.com or shoot me a text, 214-418-8872. That's the only phone number I got. It's been out there for a really long time. Hope you enjoyed the show, and until next time, keep on making good choices.